She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. joining another episode of the key chat podcast so i have a very special guest i've been dying to talk to for quite some time and his name is mr byron jamal and he is known as the love guru so i'm going to go ahead and give him the floor and let him introduce himself we're going to have a nice conversation on dating men and all that other good stuff so how are you doing today I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it has been a uh, ordeal trying to get on, but you know what? I'm so glad that we finally connected today. Um, part of what I do is helping people connect to love inwardly, upwardly, and outwardly. That's my three pillars. And inwardly is self-love, really helping people find the love within themselves. Uh, upward love is that divine love for the universe, source, God, whatever you call that, finding your center in what is bigger and higher than you. And then outward love is relational love. So being able to connect with people around you, whether it's friends, family, or even that one person that you want to spend your life with. So uh, my job is to help ordinary people find extraordinary love in those ways. And that's what I seek to do. So thank you for having me on today to do that. No problem. Thank you for being on. Now, I know you just wrote a new book. It's called Dating Men, The Inclusive Guide to Find, Attract, and Keep a Man. So mm let's start with this book. Okay. <laughs> like this is the title alone says a lot. So can you break down what made you think to write it? And what's your goal with the book? Like what message do you want to put out there? What do you want people to receive from the book? Yeah. So there's quite a few messages in just the title alone. Uh, first is dating men and it's men in general. It's, a, it's inclusive in the sense that it's for anyone who wants a man. So this is for men who want a man, uh, women who want a man, a trans person who wants a man, anybody who wants a man, because that's the, the, st the stigma is that somehow men are different based on uh, who they want to have sex with. And that's not true. It's pretty much straight across the board. Men are going to act like men. And so I wrote this book so that anybody could pick it up. You, people can read it with their friends, their family of all types. And really it's for diversity's sake. Uh, but then it's to find, attract, and keep. And I think what we don't do well is at least one or two of them at a time. Some people are good at keeping once they find, but they don't know how to find or attract. Uh, some people are real good at finding. They're good, great finders, great finders. But uh, once they find, they don't know how to keep them at all. And so knowing how to do all three is really important. But then that last piece, finding the man uh, that you can finding, attracting and keeping the man you deserve. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people uh, ultimately choose, they settle uh, and they end up not with what they really deserve. So really dealing with that piece of what is it that fits me? What is it that fits my life? What is it that I know I deserve that I will not settle for? 
Mm, I love that. I love that so much. So one thing that I want to touch on that you mentioned was self-love. Obviously, my platform is self-love, and I know you you make some amazing posts, and you break it down <laughs> with the list about self-love. Can you just break down the people that are going to tune in how important those self-love is in finding that partner? So can you break that down on? Because I mean, I think that's a key ingredient on finding a healthy relationship. And like you mentioned, finding the love you deserve, emphasis on what you deserve as opposed to settling. So can you tie in the importance of self-love with that? Absolutely. Look, self-love is essential and always because Self-love is the barometer of how you're going to love and and then the way that you're going to love. Look, I say this uh, often about John Maxwell has a law of lid. He says that in organizations, the company can't be greater than the leader. And Mm -hmm. I say the same thing about the law of love, that there's a lid there that you can't receive or give more love than you have for yourself. Uh, Now, Mm -hmm. you can imitate forms of love by uh, doing what you've seen other people do, acts of service and things of that nature, words of affirmation. You can, you can do the act of it, but the true intention and the heart of it will not be motivated from a pure place. It will be motivated through manipulative tactics, right? And so uh, when you really love yourself, what happens is if you love yourself at a 10, then you can see 10s. You can receive mm-hmm. 10 love. But when you love yourself at a five, you will end up, even if a 10 walks in your life, Either one, you won't be able to see them as a 10 because your whole view of life is skewed to see things based on a five perception and, or I should say, or you will see them as a 10 and you won't think you're worthy of them. And Mm. that is um, for a lot of people, a problem. They end up not going after people that they probably could get but they are so insecure about who they are that they won't even pursue them. And so this whole notion of uh, being afraid and I, I, I'm too shy to go after, I, I love when people tell me they're too shy for love because I say, do you have a job? They're like, yeah, I have a job. Okay, well, you, you weren't shy about going on that job. And did you know the, the person who hired you? No, I didn't know. Did you know the hiring manager? No, I didn't. Did you know your boss? No, I didn't know my boss. Okay, so you weren't that shy. You're not that shy. Now, you might be shy, but you're not that shy. You're not shy enough to get your money. So uh, you shouldn't be shy enough to get love. And, and that's why self-love is really important because it, it breaks down all of those excuses and gets straight to the heart of this is what I want. This is what I deserve. And this is how I go after it. Mm, I love that. You just said a mouthful. Self-love, is it can make a break a person in all aspects of their life, especially you know, in the romantic aspect for sure. So with your book, what has been the response? Because I know, like you said, your book is universal. It applies to men have the same, you know, actions, whether they're seeking men or women. I love how you broke that down. So what have been the responses though, however? Do you find that you have different responses from the men as opposed to the women? What have been the responses so far regarding the book? Well, the good thing is, is that the responses are much of what I expected because yeah, I've taken, literally, I have examples from my cl- clients that I coach in my book. So I, I, I know that the reason I was able to write it and have such confidence in it is because I, I've seen it for myself with my clients, whether, whether my female clients or my male clients, 
uh, all of them experience the same types of things. I even talk about an example through uh, Erica and, and Trevor that are in the book. And both of them were dealing with similar situations, having issues, really finding men, even connecting with men, uh, maybe meeting someone out, thinking that there was a connection and it just kind of falling off. Uh, and so the reaction was much of what theirs was once I started working with them, which was, okay, love doesn't have to be this hard. Um, mm -hmm. Finding someone when I know what I want, when I know what I want, I end up attracting what I want. When I'm clear about what I want, I end up getting what I want. When I'm not clear about what I want, I end up getting something that isn't what I want, something, but not what I want. I end up finding something because anytime you look, the Bible even says, when you look, you find that mm -hmm. you got to know what you're looking for to find what you want. So, uh, and a lot of us are not very intentional and clear about the is of the is that we want. So what is this thing that I really want? What is this that I want? The isness of the thing matters. And so being very clear, intentional. And so people who have responded to the book said, I'm now learning how to be more intentional about what I truly want, that it's not bad to be clear about what I want and to go after what I want. I have to also be who I want them to be. And that ends up being a huge piece of it. So uh, it's easy to read. Uh, a lot of people say that very clearly. It's easy to read and it's easy to follow. And that's kind of how I teach you when I do my lives. And, I, and that's how I write as well. Mm. So with your clients, what are they normally seeking? Are some of them just seeking, hey, I just want advice on healthier dating. Or some people just say, hey, I'm looking for a spouse. Do you find like with your clients that they generally have the same goals or is it all different? Yeah, so uh, great question. Uh, uh, the only thing I tell them I don't do is matchmaking. I, I am not trying to be a hitch and pair people up. Now, I, I do pretty much up into the line of that because when they come to me, there are is, is situations where they're seeing that their dating pattern just hasn't worked. Whatever, whatever they've been doing hasn't panned out well for them. And so they're saying, hey, Byron, I, there's something clear. I'm a good catch. I'm a good guy. I'm a good woman. I'm trying to figure out why this is not working. Why aren't people attracted to me or if they're attracted to me why are the wrong ones attracted to me or if they're good people why is it not lasting and so all of those three things uh somewhere in there uh now what we do uncover throughout the process of it is that there's there's sometimes some trauma there's sometimes some family issues that happen that where they they didn't have the kind of love affirmation and lessons growing up there's also um, they had a bad ex that left a bad taste in their mouth and they really haven't healed or forgiven them and so there can be a number of reasons but we uncover that most people come to me though for simply the fact that Byron love isn't working so I know you keep talking about this love mm -hmm. thing but uh love hasn't worked for me and so figure this thing out help me figure out the why behind uh why love is not working Do you believe there is validity in love languages? I know some people believe it, some people don't. What's your so I absolutely believe in love languages uh, to a point that I say that it, you can have a love language. In fact, I use with my clients using the love language tool by Gary Chapman in order to discover what their love language is. And, uh, the only thing is that I take it another step further and I have a different vantage point on it because I believe that the love languages show you also areas of deficiency. So if you're mm -hmm. saying that you are words of affirmation, but you're not physical touch, then my question is, why do you have an issue not receiving physical touch? 
you know. Mm -hmm. So what what has happened to you where you're not able to receive all forms of love equally? Because you should. Love mm -hmm. is supposed to be experienced in all ways. So mm -hmm. if you tell me, for instance, if, if God is love and love isn't everything, then I should be able to enjoy the beach as much as I enjoy the mountains. Yes, I, I can definitely appreciate mountains or... sponsor for the month of May is the book Flow of the Heartbeat Life Lessons Life Lessons I apologize if I release I don't want to forever hold it in I want to be free Flow of the Heartbeat is a collection of poems written by Q.J. Walker Flow of the Heartbeat is a poetry book about the highs and lows of the heart, love, and life. Go ahead and head over to Amazon.com and order yours today. It's available for the Kindle price of $7.99. Go ahead and order Flow of the Heartbeat by QJ Walker. Hey, yo, peace world. It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and this is the Q Chat. Keep it locked right here. Or, or or the beach, the, the water and the sand one way versus another way, but it shouldn't be more or less because all of it is loving and all of it is love. And so sometimes what we do is we, we see something and we can only see a piece of why we should like it or why we should appreciate it. I had a client, I use this example a lot uh, when it comes to skiing versus uh, going to the beach, I had a client who was like, I do not like skiing. And I was like, have you been skiing? No. Okay, so why don't you like skiing? <laughs> it was like, well, I, I don't like the snow. I don't like it cold. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. What, why don't you go? Because your friends are inviting you to go and you said you want to get closer relationships with your friends. So why don't you just try it out? I know you love the beach, but just try it out. It wasn't even a day in on the beach, uh, the mountain trip. And this person is loving it. They are talking about all, all the fun they're having, how close everybody's getting. And this is what I mean when, when we dive into this kind of question, because when you say that I don't really like physical touch, what you're saying is I haven't experienced it on the level that I can fully appreciate it. And so it's mm -hmm. not that you don't like it because all love you should love, right? All love you should love. So if you don't love a certain form of that love, then it simply means you haven't really experienced it in the right way. And that's why I do agree with it. Uh, but I definitely have to add that caveat before I endorse it fully for my clients. I love that. I love how you said it also points out certain detriments. So that's very, you know, wow. That's <laughs> very jarring. It makes a lot of sense. So of course, last year the pandemic came. So it kind of made dating and meeting people a little tricky. So prior to the pandemic, I know online dating has been like a hair mess for people. It's I don't want to say controversial, but some people, they're all for it. Some people aren't. Some people have reservations, certain, you know, hangups. They think it's unsafe, yada, yada, yada. So right now, what's your opinion regarding online dating? Because this is the virtual world now. So I think, yeah. you know, for some people that may not have looked into it prior with the pandemic, they may be like, hey, maybe this is my only option now to meet people. So what's your whole take on online dating and the whole virtual aspect of you know just dating in general because i know some people are into virtual dating so what's your take on all of that i am wholeheartedly a supporter of online dating for multiple reasons 
uh, especially one of the first clients I had and she was dealing with a situation where she had an abusive situation. I said, try online dating. Uh, in fact, use online dating as a way to meet and then vet men before you go on a first date. Uh, I think people have a misconception about first dates. And so they end up thinking that a first date has to be this elaborate thing with bells and whistles. A first date can be a coffee, you know, a meeting at a coffee shop. A first date can be a happy hour with a maximum of two drinks. Uh, you know, it, can, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be meeting at the park and having a talk because we just want to know, is this worth the next date? I, I believe in second dates being more important than first mm -hmm. dates, actually. And so uh, online dating gives you an opportunity to do a first date in a sense that you can meet them like you would at a grocery store. So let's say you're bumping into a grocery store and say, hey, you want to go get coffee? That is now turning on cameras, getting to know each other's face, hearing each other's voice, hearing the tone and inflection, knowing if their laugh is something you can like knowing if they're, the way they convey thoughts and express emotions is something that you can get with. And then from there, because you've already, now you're not catfish because you actually had a chance to, to see them, talk to them, hear them, then you can plan an in-person meeting. And so I, I believe in using online dating and the tools and techniques. Technology is supposed to make things easier. So we shouldn't mm -hmm. be afraid of it. Uh, it was made to do that. Let's do that. So you don't have to, I, I, I say in my, one of my online courses about online dating is you don't have to waste a dollar or a dime by doing online dating. You don't have to waste one dollar or a dime on a date. You can literally do the first meeting without have, with, from the convenience of your home, from your work office. You can do all of, literally wherever you need to be, you can do it and do it there. So I believe in online dating. I think if you do it well, just like with most things, if you do it right, if you do it well, then it will serve you. Mm. Now you did a live, I think that was last week and you were breaking down, you know, some lists and you said something very interesting regarding the first date. Okay. You were saying, I believe it was like only come with $20. Can you, do you mind breaking that list down for the Q-Tech <laughs> community? Cause it was so interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what that, that portion right there about uh, coming to a first date and not trying to overspend. You do too much. That was that was the point there. You do too much. On a first date, a lot of people do too much. They try to do an anniversary date on the first date. They try to make a Valentine's date on the first date. And that is not the point of a first date. The point, the entire point of a first date, just to break that down, is to really get to know if this person is worthy of more dates. What we do is think, okay, I'm gonna make this the best first date ever. And then it will validate them wanting to go on a second date with me. That's not, that's backwards. What you mm -hmm. want to do is I'm going to have the most basic first date ever. And I'm going to see if they're still interested in getting to know me. Because mm -hmm. if they're still interested on a basic date, then of course it's going to be easy on an amazing second date, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's the whole point is if I throw out all the bells and whistles I get them all glossy eyed and they really, really want me now because I had this amazing first date. And then on the second date when we really just talking and getting to know each other and they're like, mm, I don't know. I, uh. Now I've wasted all this money and time and effort on a long first date. And that's the second thing. Date should not be long. Mm -hmm. First date should not be long. They should be no more than an hour. It should mm -hmm. be, hey, this is a pop-in. We're just getting to see each other, get to meet each other, uh, get to know something basic about each other. I have specific questions that are, you know, just to fill you out a little bit and see if this is going to work. 
I mean, this is what you would do in any job interview. It would not be a long first job interview. There's, there's no such thing as a long first job interview. We are just seeing if you match with, do you, do you, okay, we work nine to five. Are you okay with nine to five? Okay, mm -hmm. we sometimes have to do weekends. Are you okay with weekends? Okay, like these, these are just the fundamental questions we get knocked away. Mm -hmm. There are some mm -hmm. fundamental questions and that's the third thing is you don't know, ask the right questions. Uh, sometimes we just don't ask the right questions on the first date, which help really make it clear if somebody's going to be a good match for us going forward. And so we're so caught up in how nice they look on the ambiance of the place. And that's another point all by itself with dating. Sometimes mm -hmm. the ambiance can make you feel like you are more in love with this person than the person themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the good music, and the good, the good atmosphere, all the decor, the, 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 the waiter is really nice. You know, the drinks are starting to settle in and you are just starting to feel like goosebumps all up and down your arm and, and twitching in your, in your leg. So what happens is, is that the, the, the mind is like, everything here is good. Everything mm -hmm. here is good. And sometimes that joker in front of you is not good. And mm -hmm. you, just, you just package them inside of the environment. So this is why I give the type of tools and techniques about choosing a spot that is a little more basic than you may want to, using only $20 because you don't want to feel like you wasted your time or your resources that you've worked hard for, and really mm -hmm. finding opportunities to ask the right questions to make sure that on this next date, if it leads to that, that this is somebody that actually is a good candidate to be in your life. And you know, it's so funny because when I watch your live and I see people post memes a lot about, you know, what they could, what some people may refer to as like a cheat date. But when you broke it down, I'm like, you know what? That's a valid point because there are sometimes people do date backwards. You're putting out the big shebang when you first met the person. And I think that's why it can get cloudy. So the way you broke it down, I think it's the delivery how people break delivered that message in a terrible way where I'm like you have got to be crazy but the way you broke it down I'm like okay if I'm just meeting someone it's a vetting process initially so yes. I was like okay that makes more sense let's build up to you know the bells and whistles so I was like okay yeah. I, I, you yeah, know, let's, I let's make it exciting let's make let's let's normalize making conversation more important than the bells and whistles, you know, let's, let's normalize that because what happens is if I can have an amazing short conversation with you, that means I can have an amazing second date with you that will include that conversation along with all of the bells and whistles. So I'd rather make sure that I can have that amazing conversation with the bells and whistles than to have the bells and whistles have subpar conversation and it never gets better. Hmm. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some, and you know, the first date can be kind of awkward. So I think it yes. kind of makes sense too, because let's say you have this long drawn out date and you're not really clicking, you know, yes. <laughs> that's a no, no. So, but what are some, are there some questions that you think should definitely be asked on the first date? I know you did mention one time too, like it shouldn't be an interview process, but are there just some things that you should, I, I guess I'm going to tie that into two questions. Are there some things that you should ask before you even go out on a date? Mm. Or, and is, are there some questions that should be saved for different times? Because I think that may be why sometimes we may mess up the dating experience. And as you mentioned in your live, why you don't get that second date. You know? Why you don't get it, right? Yes. <laughs> 
So I break my uh, first dates into four uh, stages of the first date questions, right? So first stage would be the icebreakers. And this is where you're, uh, you're able to ask the kind of questions like, where are you from? Uh, do you like living wherever you live? Uh, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Uh, what's your zodiac sign? These are all icebreakers. They're, they're questions that people have answered many, many, many times over. So they're, they, you're warming them up to see how they, they ask uh, answer questions. Mm -hmm. Second would be opening up questions. So questions like, how do you like to spend your mornings? Or how do you like to spend your nights? These are still not invasive because they can answer any way they want, but they are also informative. They tell you, okay, if this is a morning person. They're about to let me know they're a morning person or they like to sleep in. If they're a night out, they like to party, they like to go out, they want to be out every night. They're about to let you know without you having to ask, are you a partier? Or are you a person who likes to get up early? You don't have to ask that. You can So again, to your point, it's about delivery sometimes. What are you most passionate about? It's one of my favorite opening up questions because they get to choose how they answer that. Will it be money that they are most passionate about? Will it be love and relationships? Will it be their family and friends? Will it be their occupation? They get to choose how they respond without you being invasive and like, so are you a family person? You know, like that, okay, that's, that's too much, right? So that, that question, what are you most passionate about, gives them the full power to answer in the way they want. So second stage, opening up. Chat with the queen. Is there a topic that you'd like to discuss on this show? Don't be afraid to let me know. Just go ahead and shoot me an email at contact at queensla.info and your topic may be the next new episode. Third stage, diving deeper. Right in the first date, there are things you can ask. What was your family like? You know, growing mm -hmm. up, what was your family like? They can answer that any way they want, whatever they tell you. They don't have to tell you all the trauma. They can simply explain, I'm close to my family. I'm not close to my family. Uh, I was the only child. So you don't have to ask if they were the only child. They get to tell you they have brothers mm -hmm. or sisters or they're an only child. So you ask the type of questions that will give you the information that you don't have to sound like you're interrogating. You're, you're prompting them to be a storyteller. And that's, that's mm. how I would do it. So another question would be, what's your biggest regret? You know, whatever that is, it could be a relationship, could be a missed opportunity with a job. It could be some money they left on the table. They dropped a hundred dollars out of their pocket. Their phone mm -hmm. dropped when they were driving because they put it on top of the roof when they were getting in. It could be whatever it is. But again, yeah. that gives you insight into who they are. And then the last thing I, I always tell people to end with is have a just for fun question or two. So what mm -hmm. kind of superpower would you have if you could have one? You know, this tells you if they say, hey, I would want to teleport, great. Why do you want to teleport? Because you want to see the world? You want to experience it? Cool. Or uh, you want to rob banks. That's information I need to know. <laughs> That's information I need to know. Uh, what's, the, what's the best and worst pickup lines that you've ever heard or given? You know, keep it fun. Keep it light and have fun together. So I really, uh, I do those four stages so that people can have, have a idea how to, the conversation should flow. It's not to be too invasive up front. Don't try to put all your fun questions up front. They're ready. People are ready to, to talk in the beginning. Yeah. They know that the questions are coming. So do the fun stuff at the end 
And, and even if the date wasn't, you know, this isn't somebody you want to go on a second date with, at least you're ending it on a light note. And so that's why I've developed yeah. that, those four stages. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. Now back to the book though, which of course for people, if you tune in late or you skip parts when you're listening, <laughs> the book of course is called Dating Men, The Inclusive Guide to Find, Attract, and Keep a Man. So when you wrote the book, were there any challenges? What, what Were there any things in the book that was like, okay, this chapter is taking a lot out of me to put this together? What were any challenges you may have faced when you wrote the book? Uh, the biggest one was about mistakes. And, and this was hard because I want to make sure I phrased it right. And I really dealt with the things that people were dealing with the most. And I, it took me a while to really compile with all of my clients and people who have reached out, uh, the mistakes that people make. And one of the biggest ones, or the hardest ones to address, is that this perception of no good men. Uh, mm. There's this thought that when you say that very thing, there are no good men, uh, suddenly every man in your life is no good. So that means you had no good father, you had no good brothers, you have no good cousins, nephews, there are no good bosses, there are no good bankers, there are no good lawyers, there are no good politics. Like nobody who's a man is good. And they're like, no, 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 I don't mean it like that. But I said, but your words have the power to, to attract or repel the thing that you just said. And so if you're saying there are no good men, guess what you're attracting? No good men. Mm -hmm. And, and that is the whole essence of this thing is that your energy has to be on the reality of truth. So if the truth is that there are good men, but I'm not attracting them, say that. If there are good men out there and I'm not able to find them, say that. Mm. Because now you're able to address a, a problem and now we can dive into the situation. There are just no good men out of the 7 billion people and half of them are eligible men. If there are no good men out there, then, then there's no hope. So the energy that you're trying to attract is on low vibes of believing that there is no hope for you to actually find what you say you want. So what we're doing is now empowering mm -hmm. ourselves by saying there are amazing men out there. In fact, amazing men are in abundance. There are amazing men everywhere. There are amazing men who are already taken. That gives me validation that there are amazing men still out there because I'm sure that's not the last pumpkin on Thanksgiving or the last Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. Okay, so there are more men out there in abundance to get to attract and to keep in my life i'm simply not doing something there's a disconnect in me that is not causing me to attract the thing that i deserve and desire so what can i do universe to in order to change this show me send a byron jamal send a love guru that can show me how to adjust and change my behaviors and habits how to change how i speak about love to change how I think about my reality and increase my self-love levels to attract the type of love that I should have in my life. Mm. Do you think just mindset alone is one of the biggest barriers for people in finding love? Because just like you said, if someone is coming to someone to get information or advice on how to find love, but then they come out their mouth and say, hey, but there's no good men. Well, what are you searching for then? You know, like it's just the two can't go together. You can't say, well, I'm a single woman looking for a man. And then the next sentence is there's no good men. <laughs> if, that's the, if that was literally the case, there would be no one to look for on the same token. If a man is saying to you, hey, I'm single, I want to find my wife. All women are blah, blah, blah. Well, that is the truth <laughs> right there. You are on, on point. Yes, mentality plays a huge thing. Look. 
there's a quote by Nas Nin that says, we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are. So as you think, as you think, even the Bible says, as, as a person thinks, that's who they are. So the, the, the truth is, is that how you think affects your world. It literally, your words shape your world. Everything you've seen in your life, everything you've experienced in your life, in some way, shape, or form was impacted by a mentality that you had. Um, once you were, became a cognizant thinking being that could make their own choices and decisions, once you were in that space, I'm not talking when you were a child and you, you know, mama took you here and took you there and you had no control over that. Or if you're an inmate, you don't have, you know, you don't have any control over a lot of things. But if you are a free person and you have the ability to, to, to create and shape your world, your mind is going to do that. Your words are going to be impacting it. And so, yes, the moment you say there are no good things out there, there are no good men out there, and you go look for a man, it's like going to look for Moby Dick or Treasure Island, and you don't believe that either uh, uh, exists. It's like going to look for Bigfoot, and you don't believe Bigfoot exists. Like, what are you looking for? Why are you searching? If you don't believe it exists, then go home, figure out something else to do, go get some cats, and, and go get your one bedroom apartment or studio and just live your good life. Um, mm -hmm. But if you really say, if you, so if you really want it, then you have to believe in some way, shape or form that it exists and you have to speak that it exists. You can't speak against a thing and want a thing. Mm. Definitely mindset means everything. So before we end everything, and this has been an amazing conversation, nice and fresh, and I think you've dropped like some serious gems, which I hope leads people to definitely check out this book, because what you're saying is really, it's a fresh perspective, especially with the dating. I think you've said some things that people may not have thought about, but the way you present it, I think makes a lot of sense. So normally I do end every episode with how do you define a queen, but I want to do something different. With the queen community, I'm always telling people self-love, self-worth, you know, as we touched on that as well. But I do think mindset tends to be a barrier for people sometimes. You know, there's so many people who are worthy and deserving of love and they may not realize it, but they've talked themselves out of it. They've come out their mouth and said, hey, all men are bad. Or some of the kings, oh, all women are blah, blah, blah. You know, I just was recently on a radio station two weeks ago about singleness and they asked me a question. The person, the caller ahead of me said that when he comes home, he doesn't want his house to smell like kitchen. And any woman that's with him has to know how to cook. And I responded and said, well, if you find a person that checks up all nine boxes, you, are you going to throw out that she doesn't make lasagna? We step right now. <laughs> so instead of me asking you, how do you define a queen? What would you say to the community that's listening on just, hey, how can you navigate this dating world? Because it is colorful, you know. So what would you tell the community on how you can navigate this dating world, how you can truly seek that love that you truly deserve? Yes. Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. Look, uh, number one, I would suggest making sure that you, your self-love levels are high. Uh, mm -hmm. It is going to be important so that you're not just accepting anything into your life. If, you're, mm -hmm. if you believe five is a 10, then you will end up getting a whole lot of fives and think you, thinking you've won only to eventually realize that you have lost, right? So uh, make sure that your floor is not the ceiling and find your self-love levels uh, and elevate them as much as you can. Secondly, though, really just take a chance at dating. 
dating, dating, and dating is not a bad thing. I want people to realize that. Dating multiple people is dating phase. One of my books I have uh, is all about the seven steps to successful love or seven phases of love. And it, one of the phases of, is dating. And I say that the phase of dating is to ensure that you know what you want and need. Don't be afraid to investigate by dating several people, by going on first and, first dates over and over again until you really see what you want. Sometimes your, your wants and needs change. Sometimes your desires change as you evolve and as you grow and as you learn. And, and, and my friend said something to me, I don't like shopping at all for like, if I'm going to look for anything, I want to find it first. Mm-hmm. First shirt, first pair of pants I see, first hat I see, I'm, I'm trying to hurry up and buy because I don't like shopping. But he said, you know, Byron, you can do, get away with that for a lot of things. But when it comes to sofas, when you see a sofa, it does not mean you're going to like sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to literally sit in sofas in order to realize what type of sofa you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have to try a whole bunch of sofas to know how firm or how, how soft you like them to see what type of material feels right, to see how big you want it to be or how small you want it to be. All of that, none of that you can just do on Amazon, ch- checking all <laughs> to see if it's really going to be a good fit. You have to go and sit in it. And that's what dating is like. You've got to go and sit with it. So I try to break the stigma to have this expectation that the first person you sit with has to be the one. Um, mm-hmm. I think we, we've, we, if we break this, uh, this stigma that dating a lot of people is bad, then we will date more freely without putting a lot of expectation on this has to work or else. Mm-hmm. If I date too many people, I'm a hoe. Like we have to break that, right? We mm-hmm. have to get rid of that. If you, if you sit in too many selfish, you're not a hoe. Uh, <laughs> now, if you take all your clothes off and lay on it, then, then maybe we're going to have some problems. But if you just sit in the seat, then there's mm-hmm. not an issue. So right. breaking that myth, right? And then finally, I'll add uh, really being in a space where it's okay to ask real and relevant questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think without being interrogative, we can definitely get to the heart of the matter without having to make people feel like they're on that, like the spotlight is on them. But you don't want to be an interrogator, but you want to get a lot of information as much as you can on the first date to make the best and most wise decision. Mm, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you again. Before we end everything, though, please, please, please tell everyone how they can find you. You do. Like I said, your IG is just like a library of good information. So please make sure you tell everyone how they can find you, where they can purchase your book. Just give all your information out. Sure. Thank you again for having me on here too. And it's been a great talk with you. I'm easy to find because I believe love should be. You can find me at ByronJamal.com and you can find me at ByronJamal on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And I'm funny sometimes on TikTok. Um, I just am here to help people. My store and all of my books are either on Amazon or you can go straight to my store on my website. Uh, Look, I really just want ordinary people to have extraordinary love. I believe it's possible. It's not just possible. It's probable if you do the right things. 
Awesome. Thank you so much again. Like I said, you dropped a lot of gems and I hope people receive them. So guys, please make sure you follow Mr. Byron Jamal and check out his live. He's also on Clubhouse. He does some amazing talks. So once again, just to the queen community, to everyone that tunes in, just remember, I always tell people I end the show with my famous slogan to go love yourself. Definitely go love yourself, but also understand that you're worthy to find that love that you deserve, keyword that you deserve. And remember, a lot of you guys are walking around with a five mentality, but you really are a 10. You just have to know this. And that's what I tie back into self-love. When you look in that mirror, the only person that's holding you back is that reflection. So make sure that you understand that you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. But do the work too. It's okay to browse. You're a gem. As I tell people, that's how Gold Queen started, to tell women that you're the privilege, you're the prize, and you're the packet. So you have to have that mindset, okay? So anything worth having is worth working for. So Thank you again, Byron Jamal. This has been a My great pleasure. And thank you so much, guys. So please make sure you follow Go Queen. Find me on IG. That's I am underscore Go Queen or the key chat underscore podcast and check out www.goqueen.com. Everyone stay safe and make sure you go love yourself. Go Queen, go Queen, go Queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.